Daddy, what's that bad man doing to my pet donkey? Well, that's not just a bad man, son. Now, there's Hitler. He's your pet donkey. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. Get down on your knees and kiss this man's feet. I'm Lance Wackerly. If I was that dude, I'd be dreaming of boobs. We're going to stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. Uh, can I go when this starts to suck? Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? You well-rested after the uh, long break here? Yeah, two weeks of no podcasting. I know, isn't that kind of Back nice? on the horse. I don't even remember the last time we took a vacation like this. I know, but... it makes me think we should just quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what about the fan base? Right. What about the devoted fan base? What, <laughs> what about all the do? t-shirt sales that we would be foregoing? What about all the virgins out there? Seriously. Yeah, the t-shirt sales. The votes on Podcast Alley. I know. Our legacy. Yeah, I couldn't... I couldn't... F- Don't forsake that. <laughs> I couldn't forsake that. But no, last week we had the pre-recorded Bob Madigan interview, which uh, kind of gave us a well-deserved break. I still haven't listened nice. to it. <laughs> what did you guys talk about? You know, I forgot. I didn't listen to it either. But uh, then the week before... Did you guys, we, uh, wait, did you guys talk about like his experience in rehab? Was that the one? Or? Yeah, no, it, this was actually a full disclosure. It's kind of like my Barbara Walters-style interview, talking about like his recovery and everything. Okay. It was interesting. You know, we, had, we we received some ambivalent responses about it, as a matter of fact. Some people were like, that was just the most heartfelt interview you've ever done. It was just, it was really moving. Other people were like, he sucks now. Yeah, people want, you to, need a most new, people want to see a train wreck. Yeah, I know. They're like, you need a new train wreck now. So go get an interesting guest. It's just like, dude. <laughs> but did you hear actually the promo at the end? He no, redid I didn't this. listen to it at all. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I'll have to play it throughout this. Maybe okay. I'll play it during this podcast. I'll, I'll listen to it eventually. I just haven't gotten to it he yet. He redid a sick and wrong promo flawlessly. One take. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of cool. But so the week before that, the we, or what precipitated this week off is I was in Michigan for the 4th of July, and I think you spent the 4th of July out here in the East Bay, or did you go to L.A.? No, I was in the East Bay, East Bay area. How was uh, your America's Independence Day? I uh, I just uh, they didn't have any fireworks right because there's all these forest fires everywhere or just grass fires so like no place is allowed to have fireworks. What? Anymore. I didn't see any. Dude, I you mean, know, I thought obviously tell- all the all the crackheads in my neighborhood were lighting off M80s, but I'm saying there were no sanctioned fireworks. You know what though, dude? California's already had this has this depleted sense of patriotism, <laughs> and now no fireworks. What's what's an American supposed to do? Well, I mean, every place is on fire. Are you allowed to have a barbecue anymore? <laughs> yeah, every you place is hot dogs. And every Budweiser? place is on fire. So, I mean, I guess that kind of makes up for it, right? I'd much rather see like a huge conflagration than some goddamn Chinese fucking fireworks, <laughs> like a real fucking American blaze. So, what did you end up doing for the fourth barbecue kind of thing? Yeah, so you can barbecue. Somebody, somebody barbecued me some meat that I shoved into my mouth. Uh, that's what happened. That's good. Lots of corn, meat. I did have corn. 
I mean, just stuff yourself full of protein and carbohydrates. Right. And, and then fat. Drank, and drank a bunch, obviously. But yeah. nobody needs to hear that anymore, right? Yeah, actually, it sounds like I would have preferred to have spent the 4th of July out here rather than go home to Michigan. I think I mentioned this before. I was going to Michigan for my father's 70th birthday. And uh, the whole family was actually there. My brother and my sister were so all... I don't understand why you didn't have a good time. Why didn't you go out and see the fireworks there? Dude, it just... Michigan sucks. It sucks. It's like 110 degrees. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's humid. And, yeah, and we're trapped in my father's home because he won't let me use his Prius. He wouldn't even let me drive the Prius. Yeah, but why... You're supposed to take... You're back there visiting him. That's what I'm saying. Why didn't you all get in the Prius and go out and... <laughs> Go out and watch the fireworks. That's what I. It's cooler at night. A it's not a hundred Simon family night. vacation. No, you know what the thing is. It was. Th- this is the reason it kind of sucked. It was like a, it wasn't a vacation per se. It was mainly just like we, it was packed with all these different activities we had to do with my dad's birthday. Because my dad, you know, when you're in town, my dad kind of wants to showcase his children, especially me, because I'm kind of an oddity. He's like, look at his tattoos and those things. <laughs> Something in his is ears. wrong if you're the oddity and your brother's there. Yeah, I know. Well, my brother pretty much slept through the whole weekend, so he was kind of like a non-issue. Okay. <laughs> he didn't come out to be showcased. No, he wasn't showcased. Although <laughs> we had fun. I, you know, I, I can't say I didn't have fun. It was nice spending, you know, my dad's. 70th birthday with him. I got, I got to go to the synagogue, which I haven't been to. Temple. That sounds like loads of fun. Yeah, that was awesome. I haven't been to Temple probably in about 10 years. But uh, that was, he received an award, so it was kind of interesting. But then the final. Did the you lo- have to eat extra amounts of uh, babies? Muslim child's blood. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> Since it, you haven't been there for so long? It, no, it's a reformed congregation, so it's, it's Gentile blood. Gentile oh, okay. babies, yeah. Well, that's fine. I know. It's kind of nice. They put them through this kind of like grinder. And just Did you have of, a second helping, though, since it's been so long? Yeah, it's it's been a while, and they could tell that I needed to feed. <laughs> you know, the thirst was strong within me for the Gentile blood. Yeah, but yeah, so pretty much it was just like family event, family event, and then the uh, final night I was there, which was Monday night, was probably the highlight of the trip because my good friend of mine, Kessler, who's uh, I think he's been on the show before. Yeah, um, he ca- he drove up from Bay City, Michigan, which I was kind of upset that I didn't get to make it down to Bay City yeah. for the fireworks. And actually, Bay City is north of where your dad lives, so he came down. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> down. You know, I, I'm kind of geographically mixed up when I get right. back to Michigan. Yeah, I have no idea. South. I can't he drove get my south. bearings. So he, he drove, drove south. south like an hour and a half to Detroit, although it took him about four hours. And he even has one of those Magellan GPS things. Still uh-huh. can't find the place. <laughs> But whatever. I would have rather have been up. Wait, in- so he has a GPS device in his car. He put the address in and, and he couldn't he still find the place? could not find the place. It, it, took, it took a long time. So he finally made it there. I think he embarked at around 8, and I think he made it there at about 1, maybe 12.30. <laughs> but it was nice to see him because I hadn't seen him in a long time. And uh, he also bought like three joints of Northern Lights, which I hadn't smoked weed for a while, especially Is really that, like, good weed. like special Michigan weed? No, Northern Lights is like, it's kind of like From high Canada? grade. Yeah, it's like high grade Alaskan, I don't know, kind bud or okay. something, whatever. It's, it's, it's very potent, to say the least. So, Did you get like Cheech and Chong high? Like yeah, really I got, high? Yeah, we got really <laughs> high. And so 
we were so high that we got to the point where my brother was hanging out with us. We all went down to the my dad's basement where all our shit is pretty much thrown into a room, like all our stuff from high school and college. Yeah. So if you're really kind of, stoned, you can just for hours sit down and be like, I totally forgot about this. Like, uh, Dude, look how fat you were back in high school. Stormtrooper and Halloween costume. We actually found my brother's old Dungeons and Dragons uh, box. like, <laughs> And it actually had the dice still in there and three characters that he had made. One was called like Night Stalker and one was called like Demon Penis. He was even gay back then. So we, I think we, they tried to play a Dungeons and Dragons game, which wasn't really Your brother and Kessler? Out. Yeah. Because they were too stoned. They were too stoned to even figure it out. I don't even remember how to play that game. Nobody does. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just looks it's, too complicated. It's physically impossible to remember how to play Dungeons and so Dragons. So I was looking through just kind of just looking through boxes, trying to find funny shit. And you know what I came across? And this is kind of weird because it's the first time for me. Like, my father wasn't, isn't the type of man to, like, have porn. You know, like, the whole time he was married to my mother, and my mother died. So, Well, you know, that's, like, you know, your own opinion of him. Well, I ne- <laughs> but I never found any you, porn. Your father's not somebody for, that you think of as having porn. That's okay. what you say. But the conception of my father is not the type of man that you'd think that, would, that he would have that porn. That you would think. That mm-hmm. I would think. That you he's would a, think. He's a rabbi. Watch he, your pronouns You've here. met the rabbi. Do you think he would have porn? I think everybody has porn. Okay, everybody has porn. <laughs> I mean, it might be like a lot of old people have like porn books. That's and, and that's exactly <laughs> what I was getting to. It's like, come on, dude, get a fucking porn with some pictures in it at least. Well, what's funny is my father has an internet connection. I don't think he realizes that there's porn on the internet. Or you know what? I'm, he, I'm sure he knows that there's porn on the internet, but I think a lot of old people think they're going to get somebody's going to find out that they're looking at porn on the internet and care. Well, he's totally old school about it. I move this box and I find like these three like erotic fiction books. <laughs> like one was called like the Ginger Maidens, and one was like something else. So are these still in your dad's circulation, and he just hides them down there, or just that he hasn't? He put them, stored them all down there when he stored all your shit down there. I, you know, I don't know because they're buried under three boxes. So maybe yeah, he, he probably, like, probably hasn't accessed them recently. He probably forgot that they're even there. <laughs> you know, I mean, he would have had to like do some moving, like logistically, you'd have had to like yeah. actually find these things. So you know, I'm looking at my dad's porn stash, and I, I kind of had this like weird, you know, feeling. I'm like, you know, at, at one at one end. Wow, <laughs> my dad actually likes porn. At the other end, it's like, God, this is so invasive. I shouldn't be looking through my father's porn here. This is weird. But then he had a videotape about tantric masturbation. Now, was this also a VHS old and out of, out of... Does Dude, he still have a VHS player? That's a good... No, he doesn't even have a video. Okay, t- a video so he hasn't player. used it in a while. Well, you know, he might actually have one. I didn't see one. He might have one in his room. But it's just like this tape from the 70s. It was like this old VHS tape. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. It was like Dr. Kramer explores self-loving through tantric masturbation. So the guy doesn't even have a fake Indian Hindu name? No, he was like some hippie-looking guy on the back back cover. And so when I pulled that out, everyone just immediately dropped the Dungeons & Dragons dice and started Looking for a VHS player? (laughs) Yeah, because we were like, we got to see what's on this. But I'm thinking, dude, what's the point of having a tantric masturbation video like what do you want to jerk off for eight hours like sting well no but maybe you want to watch a dude jerk off for eight hours 
Why would my dad want to watch a dude jerk off for eight hours? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what rabbis are into these days. <laughs> well, wait, but... is it tantric? Is it? I guess I'm assuming that it's only tantric male masturbation. Is it tantric male? Is there a... Well, does Dr. What's-his-name, white guy's wife appear in this video? We couldn't find a VCR. So, you don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, it was in his room. We would have had to go into his room and actually, <laughs> you, you know, put the thing on. Watch it, which kind of sucked. Dad's bed. Well, what kind of sucked about it is, so Kessler was kept saying on and on like we have to watch this video and my brother was adamantly opposed to watching the video he kept saying put the video back he was getting really upset about it it's kind of a prude your brother and Kessler's like no we're watching the video and so the plan was wait till my brother goes to bed put the video on really loudly and then just go upstairs and smoke another joint <laughs> but we we couldn't find the vc the vcr so we never actually got to watch the tantric masturbation video huh. but there's another thing in the box of porn that actually I found much more interesting than tantric masturbation. It's a book that I never even knew existed. It's called The Hidden Hitler. Have you ever heard of this? No. So it's a book that came out in 2001, basically about the speculation that Hitler was a homosexual. So this book was proving that Hitler was gay. Yeah. And which I find really Hitler liked to take it up the shitler. Well, dude... <laughs> Hadn't you, like, heard myths about Adolf Hitler? I mean, there's so many myths that, you know, are circulating about Adolf Hitler. I'm One sure of, at some point somebody said that Hitler was gay. And well, I the Simpsons used it. to parody Hitler, like, being into, like, Grandpa Simpson in a dress or whatever, performing for him. I mean, they, they <laughs> I Hitler, remember that one. Yeah, well, Hitler, like... Uh, but was, definitely, okay, on the converse side, a lot of gays are into the whole, like fascist uh dress-up thing right that like snm gays with the leather ss outfits yeah and, the leather ss outfits and all yeah. that but i always thought they're into like the women that like that dress up as like the evil nazi nurses like, maybe who's that guy i, the, I don't know what i'm talking about well the, who's the english guy who's like the president of the soccer league that just got caught with like this nazi sex ring a few months ago tony blair i don't know no but but hitler <laughs> apparently this book claims that he was a homosexual uh, it was written by uh, Lothar Macton, and it's based primarily upon the Mend Protocol, a series of allegations made to the Munich police in the early 20s by a former soldier colleague of Hitler. Uh, Macton teaches at the University of Bremen in Germany. He suggests that Hitler probably had a homoerotic relationship with his friend August Kubizek, with whom he lived in Vienna in 1908. Uh, he said that he had a blatant sexual affair with a fellow soldier during World War I, that he may have had homosexual contacts with young men in Munich after the war, and that he may have engaged in homosexual activities right up to his assumption of political power in 1933. I've always heard that it's not gay if you don't make eye contact, though. <laughs> Do you if you don't hold hands. you hear hands, that on this podcast? If you don't hold hands, if you don't snuggle afterwards, it's not gay. Well, but didn't Hitler... If you're in prison, if you're in a foxhole with some dude and there's no women around, I heard it's not gay. I heard but, you get a free pass. You get a free pass because no chicks, you're just horny. <laughs> yeah. Well, Isn't maybe, that true? Maybe in Nazi Germany. Okay. But in, uh, I don't know, in this day and age, this dude's, seriously, this guy's wearing fruit boots. <laughs> but no, the thing is with Hitler, though, and you wonder about this, didn't he persecute gay people as well? Well, what about the pink triangles? Weren't, weren't they sent to their deaths at the concentration camps? And they have yeah. Gay concentration camps? Yeah, that's where the pink triangle came from, right? Because it was like the equivalent of the Star of David thing. Well, that's what was interesting. So uh, the, the author here argues that much of what Hitler did while in power was driven not by reasons historians have offered, but by his effort to eliminate evidence of his homosexuality. And I think a lot of the evidence in the book, at least that's what the critics say, is kind of circumstantial. 
But I mean, there, there are many facts that you can't really disavow here. So, uh, I mean, Hitler ordered the killing of his longtime colleague, head of the SA paramilitary organization, Ernest Rome, who is an avowed and well-known homosexual. Um, he was motivated by... Yeah, but I mean, he killed lots of people who weren't gay. So what is that? Does that really... Is that conclusive? Yeah, but the fact that he killed this guy without provocation, it just said that he ordered his, his assassination. With no, no reasoning was given to anybody. Yeah. Okay, fine. It's just, who's going to argue with Hitler? All right, yeah. And people claim that the Nazi regime's persecution of homosexuals was actually caused by Hitler's desire to silence or destroy the people from a demimond he had once inhabited. And you wonder, like, maybe... So he had reformed himself as being gay, and he was going to try and kill all the people who knew he was gay at one time. So that, yeah, they couldn't divulge any of these secrets. And and, and he he wasn't going to have any more anal sex, and that would be that. Well, didn't he have a mistress, uh, Ava Braun? Yeah, well, all the movies I've seen make that that claim. Well, I think it's uh, people speculate, because he never had a family. I mean, he never had children. Yeah, and having a mistress is not conclusive that you're straight either, right? Because she could be a beard. Yeah, exactly. And and, and they claim that, I mean, people speculate once again that uh, he never actually consummated the relationship with Ava Braun. When you say that, do you mean that they never had a child or or people have somehow figured out that they never did it? They never did the rumpy bumpy, man. (laughs) Like, I don't think Hitler was like up inside that uh, chushin nushin, whatever they call call vaginas in Germany. uh, (laughs) What's the term for pussy in Germany? (laughs) Prostitution? Skinhead? I don't know. But um, but so this this led me to believe. So I I, t- I obviously stole the book, so I'm going to have to read it because this is definitely something that's kind of cool to have in your collection. Right now, your dad is trying to masturbate, thinking of gay Hitler, and he's just like <laughs> ransacking the basement. Well, you know, I was thinking about that in the plane ride home. I was like, you know, I wonder if my dad's like got this ritual where he lights his candles and puts on <laughs> the his menorah, Wagner. You mean? <laughs> yeah, lights his menorah, puts on his Wagner, goes downstairs, puts a dreidel up his ass, you know, in his like masturbation outfit, and dressed up like a German milkman. <laughs> And dreidel up his ass and goes, I'm going to go read The Hidden Hitler. And he goes down there and he's like, it's not there. Cotton Himmel. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have it over here. He's calling 911. But this led me to, to wonder, like, what other myths are out there, facts about Adolf Hitler that you didn't know? And so, no, I don't know much about Hitler. I think the only thing that I heard was that he was part Jewish himself. And, and interestingly enough, Hitler was not Jewish. At all. Not even like one-eighth. He wasn't an Octoroon Jew. <laughs> an Octoroon Jew. No, but that, that's, that's a, a claim here. People, there's a myth that says Hitler's grandmother was Jewish. In actuality, I did my research here, Hitler's grandmother was not Jewish. There are rumors hinting that Hitler's grandfather actually was Jewish as well. A uh, few, if any, of the reputable historians on the Holocaust believe that this is so. It is more likely that Hitler tried to keep the murky history of his family secret because there's an incidence of insanity and feeble-mindedness in his ancestors. Uh, one of Hitler's henchmen, Hans Frank, declared during uh, the Nuremberg trials that Hitler's grandmother worked in the town of Graz as a servant in the home of a Jewish family. Uh, he claimed that she was seduced by the head of the household. So she sucked Jew dick. <laughs> well, you know, and uh, Hitler's grandfather was the result of that liaison. So you wonder, maybe Hitler did have a, a line of Jew in him. Yeah. A bit of Jew. Sounds Hitler's like got it. got a little bit of Jew in him. <laughs> But uh, as it turned out, Simon Weisenthal, a Holocaust scholar here, disclosed that there is no evidence of any Jewish family named Frankenberger ever living in Graz. And even more, Jews had been driven out of Graz in the 15th century. So there's no, there's no substance to that claim. Completely eradicated. Completely eradicated. Wasn't one left. 
But uh, a myth that I had never heard, but actually I found much more fascinating than the fact that he's not Jewish, is did you know Hitler had one ball? One testicle. Hitler had only one testicle. Like Lance Armstrong? <laughs> well, Lance Armstrong had one removed. Right. But he is a one ball. He has he's one a ball, uniball. But look what he can do. <laughs> he could take steroids. Come on, Hitler. <laughs> you got to live um, up to the Lance Armstrong uh, level of uh, accomplishment. Well, so I found this on a website, and I was like, you know, I got to... I got to find some something to some evidence to back this claim because how, how can you prove that Hitler had one ball? And I guess this is a uh, his missing testicles inspired a cottage in- industry of uh, explanations from historians. Uh, when Soviets finally released the autopsy report on Hitler's corpse in '68, 23 years after his suicide, it contained the startling datum that the Nazi dictator was one testicle short. His body, which, <laughs> which had one? Been, uh, they don't say. His body, which had been found in a shallow ditch outside the Berlin bunker on May 4th, 1945, had been partly burned with gasoline. It was identified soon afterward through Nazi dental records. Apparently, Hitler had abominable teeth. Yeah. They could, um, his mustache was gone, the Hitler stash. The Hitler stash was completely it's already burned, burned off, off. But just those skewed and twisted, con- contorted teeth were Yeah, I never out. knew he had bad teeth. That's another thing. I think the Jews used to make fun of him. <laughs> Nice teeth, Hitler. <laughs> a Russian autopsy surgeon, Dr. Faust Skarovsky, found that Hitler's scrotum sack had survived the botched SS cremation intact. Singed but preserved. But it was very definitely minus a bullock. All right. And so, there wasn't like a hole. There wasn't an obvious scar where it had been taken out. There wasn't a hole it was where just a, a small rodent ball. had gotten to him in the ditch and eaten the nut. Yeah, it was just missing a ball. Yeah, because the animal probably would have eaten. Both of course, nuts. yeah, an animal would have probably eaten the entire Hitler. All the dining on Hitler's there. testicle and the and the sausage. I'm surprised the that Vienna you didn't try to grab it, being like, "This is going to worth be worth so much on eBay," <laughs> <laughs> which it probably would be. Uh, so theories abounded as to what happened. The uh, the source of Hitler's missing ball. Uh, theory number one: He was born that way. Uh, the possibility possibility that Hitler was born with menorchism. Which is one testicle missing. Provoked a flurry Didn't of Didn't Robin Williams make a sitcom about that? You're thinking of Mork from Orchism. <laughs> <laughs> and Mindy? Mork and Mindy? Mork and Mindy. No, this is Monorchism, which is one <laughs> testicle missing. I still think I'm right. <laughs> um, uh, many, uh, many people argue that Hitler's evil was an extreme case of the behavioral changes that have been linked to this physical condition. So wait, Monorchism is just being born with one ball? Being born with one testicle missing. It seems like a weird term for that. Well, apparently it's a psychological condition. Could you imagine so I do mean, you get, going do you get, through like, life get, with one ball? Wouldn't you want to kill six million <clears throat> Jews? Um, World well, domination? <laughs> I have one nut. Is my, is my one ball really big to compensate? <laughs> is it like one giant <laughs> ball? Or is it just normal size? I think it would just be one ball like kind of sticking out to the left or the right, depending on which one's missing. I don't okay. know. I mean, you're going to look yeah, I would hate asymmetrical. That. I'd be mad. So other psychiatrists have suggested that the genital defect might also induce narcissistic, exhibitionistic, megalomaniac tendencies. That sounds um, about right. Which does sound about right. Um, People also claim, theory number two here, that it was an old war wound. So, I mean, people know that Hitler was a soldier in World War I. And uh, historians have mused that the testicle went AWOL during the First World War, (laughs) when Hitler was wounded by a bullet in the thigh, which possibly could have damaged his groin as well. After the Soviet autopsy came out in 68, uh, Hitler's old farmy, army, former army commander on the Western Front declared that, yes, indeed, Adolf had been found to be one ball down during a standard physical. 
Uh, later, years later, the author Ron Rosenbaum managed to track down Hitler's even more geriatric physician from the 1920s who insisted that Hitler's genitals were intact the entire time and they were completely normal. So he used to have Well, the two 20s balls. would be before World War I, right? Or, or right before? I think it would be right after, Right actually. after? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. My history is so good. But by the time he had seized power in 33, Hitler was refusing to undress for doctors, even his trusted personal physician, Dr. Theo Morell. Yeah, Only, I don't like to do that either, though. And I'm not Hitler. Are you a never nude? <laughs> what, you, don't, you, you don't get nude for your doctor? What, what, what about when they want to make you cough and uh, check for a hernia? Well, I mean, you, I'm not standing there buck-ass naked. They put their hand down the front of your fucking underpants. Oh, because you don't just whip it out? What if it's a hot chick? Did I do a podcast about that a while ago? <laughs> yeah. I, remember talking I don't remember. That. Actually, I haven't been to the doctor in a really long time, so I don't know what goes on in there. You're probably embarrassed about your one ball. Yeah. Um, and my sm- extremely small penis. So, <laughs> micro penis and one ball. Uh, Dr. Theo Morell actually only ever examined Hitler in his underwear. Such confusion has led to some scholars to speculate that the Fuhrer was actually subject to a condition called cryptorchism, where one testicle intermittently recedes. It like goes up inside you? I don't know if it's like, you know, a certain sound makes a jump or if it just retracts when he's angry. Like a turtle? Yeah, like uh, what if he says to his girlfriend about to give him a blowjob, you don't want to see me angry. (laughs) (laughs) No ball in your mouth now. Uh, Theory number three is that the Soviets made the whole thing up. Uh, The debate had been made even murkier by the suspicious coincidence that there is a British song from the Second World War which impugns Hitler's manhood. Sung to the catchy tune of the Colonel Boogie March which I've never actually heard. The song goes Is like this. Is that by Casey and the Sunshine Band? <laughs> I think it's Captain Tennille. Um, it goes, Hitler has only got one ball. Goring has two but very small. Himmler is very similar. And Goebbels has no balls at all. Hmm. I, I would have rhymed gerbils with gerbils <laughs> uh, and talked about you know small gerbil balls. Ron Rosenbaum here, who probably delved deeper into the subject than anyone else, concluded that the whole one ball idea was a Soviet practical joke. And I think it was kind of, I think what he determined is that the Soviets were trying to give the one last finger the middle to the West, to Germany, just saying, making fun of their Fuhrer, lying in the autopsy that, that he was missing a ball. All right. Well, I'm, I'm kind of fed up with the one ball issue. Are we going to talk about any other Hitler myths? Dude, I'm obsessed with Hitler's one ball. Seriously. <laughs> I, think we, I think we covered that one. I'm going to find out. Well, I wanted to discuss the theories here. Uh, so there's some other uh, myths that actually aren't, um, completely entirely conclusive here, but uh, Hitler dated and apparently had sex with his niece. According to uh, this, how old was she? Uh, she was only sixteen at the time. Her name was Jelly. She was the daughter of Hitler. Jelly. She was the daughter of Hitler's half sister. She or she, actually she was twenty three at the time where she committed suicide. So I don't know. After they fucked. Apparently, this is years after they fucked. Oh, okay. So apparently, probably the sight of one testicle. Scarred her forever. It scarred her forever. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, Hitler was one kinky Fuhrer. It is highly suspected that Hitler had unusual desires in the bedroom, specifically being urinated and defecated on. (laughs) I don't believe that. Sounds like a joke, but it's been cited by probable and well regarded. uh, It's been cited as probable by by well regarded historians. How did they find out, though? Somebody said something? Probably bits of feces on his teeth. In his mustache? (laughs) In his mustache. (laughs) Apparently, Hitler's first love was a girl that he thought to be Jewish. This could explain it all. If you think about it, this could be the source, the the whole purpose of the entire war. When Hitler was 16 years old, he fell for a girl named Stephanie Isaac. 
He was obsessed. As you can imagine, it didn't work out. Adolf used to fantasize about throwing himself off a bridge in despair and killing her too. So if that one Jewish girl wouldn't have had her pussy up on a pedestal and would have rubbed his one nut at least a couple times, six million Jews would still be alive. What do you call a Jewish German princess? A Jacob? And yeah, I don't even know, I don't really know. know what to a say. A J-gap? Yeah, if she would have spread her legs just once for the struggling artist, six million of her ancestors would have been uh, living. Uh, a couple more here. Hitler invented the concept of the blow-up doll. This kind of, I find this personally amazing and actually kind of profound in a sense. Yeah, it sounds fake to me, but okay. Hitler wanted his soldiers to be able to have their needs met without fraternizing with foreign women. So he requested plastic-bodied femmes be produced, whose skin would be white, hair blonde, have large breasts and lips, and whose organs would feel absolutely real. These were to be produced in Dresden, but the city was bombed before it was possible. <laughs> Dude, they have bombed the inflatable girl factory. We are doomed. Think how impressed. <laughs> think how impressed he would have been with a real doll. Yeah, Basically, well, he made the, uh, the blueprints here for an Aryan real doll. Yeah, well, the fucking one bald faggot, uh, you know, that did, shit didn't come out of Germany. That's American know-how. <laughs> the one bald homo couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Hitler committed suicide shooting himself while simultaneously biting into a cyanide capsule. Hitler also had his dog Blondie poisoned before his suicide. <laughs> and finally, the last Hitler myth that I want to tackle here, and I'm sure you might have heard this one, Hitler was a vegetarian. Yeah, that's not a myth. Everybody knows that. Yeah, but you know, people always say, oh, well, Hitler is a vegetarian. But they don't really know why Hitler is a vegetarian. And I was trying to find evidence, you know, s some facts that could actually substantiate this myth. Right. Or this assertion here. And there's, there's like a sundry, like, vegan websites are like, Hitler wasn't really a vegetarian. No one knows for sure if he was a vegetarian. <laughs> And they're refuting this claim. What, vegetarians say that because they don't want to be associated with him? With Hitler, yeah. Because people are going to be like, well, vegetarians, Hitler's a vegetarian, so uh, you must like Hitler. Which I don't really see the congruency. No, do I. Hitler was a vegetarian, a vehement non-smoker, promoted aggressive anti-smoking campaigns throughout Germany. Apparently he was a health nut. Medical historians claim that Adolf was the victim of uncontrollable flatulence. And I think he felt... That it had something to do with his diet. So this is another thing that the great German people couldn't come up with is like gas X. Yeah, Bino. apparently they, they, they couldn't come up with Bino. But I mean, think about this guy, dude. He was plagued by having one nut and farting all the time. How are you going to get laid? The only Seriously, it, it almost makes sense that the only person he could end up having sex with was, uh, who was that guy? Himmler? <laughs> um, uh, medical historians claim that he was a victim of uncontrollable flatulence, spasmodic stomach cramps, constipation, and diarrhea, possibly the result of nervous tension. Uh, this has been Hitler's curse since childhood and only grew more severe as he aged. Uh, as you can imagine, it was an embarrassing problem for the ruthless leader of the Third yeah. Reich. It's probably a problem for everybody who was working around him, too, because if, like, Hitler farts and you laugh, you're, you're going right to the you're gas right chamber. To the gas you're chamber. going out of the ga gas chamber and into the real gas chamber. Did they really? Do you think this gas is bad? <laughs> Wait till you get the Zyklon B. But do you think Hitler made his own Zyklon D? <laughs> Can that shit? <laughs> you know, so Hitler had uh, first tried to cure himself when he was a rising politician in 1929 by poring over medical manuals, coming to the conclusion that a largely vegetarian diet would calm his turbulent digestion, as well as make his farts less offensive to the nose. No luck there. 
He was a rabid hypochondriac. He would even examine his own feces for hours, oh, administering himself <laughs> so chamomile wacky. enemas. Dude, the guy was completely odd. I think uh, it's funny when people were vegetarians back then because, like, they didn't have garden burgers or like you know potato chips. So they were, if you were a vegetarian back then, you were really eating like carrots and celery. Dude, he was peas, eating great piles of vegetables, raw potatoes, into baby mulch. That's what Hitler ate. <laughs> nice job, Hitler. No wonder <laughs> you're so pissed off. Your life sucks. His doctor plied him with a remedy called Doctor Coster's anti gas pills, which contained significant amounts of strychnine. Quack. And Hitler often took as many as 16 of the little black pills a day. The sallow skin, glaucous eyes, and attention lapses noted by observers later in the war are consistent with strychnine poisoning. So you wonder if uh, Hitler's gas actually led to his demise. That and the, and the fall of the Third Reich. Who wouldn't blow him? Oh, wait, <laughs> no, Jewish... sorry. sorry. So, the, so the Jewish girl wouldn't blow him caused the Third Reich. Well, the Jewish the girl probably wouldn't it. blow him because he kept farting on her and he had one ball. And then he was so it's upset called, about it's it. It's called taking one for the team, <laughs> for the six million member team. I guess after the war, U.S. intelligence officers discovered that his doctor here was pumping Hitler with 28 different drugs, including eye drops that contained 10% cocaine, a concoction made from human placenta, probably Jewish placenta, and potency pills made from ground bull's testicles. But despite the barrage of medicines, Hitler's bouts of agonizing flatulence remained a regular occurrence. Yeah. So apparently the farting dictator never had to solve his problem. The only thing that really did was a bullet to the head and a cyanide capsule in the mouth. And he was lit on fire, you said, right? Oh, yeah. He was lit on fire afterwards. I think they were probably trying to, like, obscure his identity or something like that. So it's interesting to me, and I hope we kind of cleared up all your myths. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, because a lot of people wonder what Hitler was really like. Well, yeah. he had one <laughs> every night, day, every he farted day, a lot. Hitler and, uh, was like. <laughs> he sounded like he wasn't very, he's a really unpleasant person to be around. Right. Yeah, that's coming here from Sick and Wrong. And that's about all about Hitler, but I do recommend you to read the book, The Hidden Hitler. Learn, you'll learn a lot about the Fuhrer. People, this is episode 131 here of Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of uh, episode 129 a couple weeks ago. If you recall, it was kind of a wretched episode of Sick and Wrong in terms of the, the stories that were uh, being covered. Yeah, I had to stop you at one point, but then you said that your story was over. Yeah, but I, we had a couple people write in saying it was one of the most horrendous Sick and Wrongs that they've ever actually heard. In a good way is what you're saying, right? Well, no, they, they, like, they, not the feeding... most boring Sick and Wrong. But yeah, like... yeah, we're feeding the need. Right. You know, they, they, that's what they want. They want to hear the horror. So uh, we were giving it to them that week. I did a story about a baby brothel in uh, Texas. Wankerly, you did a story about a deadly roller coaster named Christine. And a listener, uh, Calder here, sent in a story about a cult that eats Czech kids. It was actually kind of close. Uh, the, it was pretty close between me and the listener. We were actually touching paint for a while there. He came in with 94 votes. I came in with 88 and Wackerly, you came in with 47. A lot of people voted this week. I think it's because it was like two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks long there. And then the uh, week after, we did the episode 130 here with uh, Bob Madigan. A lot of people actually sent best wishes in for Bob. Even one guy was like, I'd like to email him a message. And I sent him back. I was like, do you really think that man uses a computer? <laughs> but, uh, the answer go, is no, by the way. You he can go to his website. MySpace.com, I think, slash Fluff Girl. I think we have a link to it somewhere Maybe on somewhere, our site. Maybe somewhere, yeah. Something like that. People, this is episode 131 of Sick and Wrong. You know the way the show works. Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Audience votes, winner gets a case of beer, throwing a wild card with the listener submission. 
And if a listener wins, you do get a sticker on care package. So we got to send this guy, Calder here, a care package. He kind of um, beat us by a lot, huh? No, he actually only beat me by like six votes. Oh, okay. I was listening. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're just tuning it out. <laughs> all, you, all you see, you look at me with this like kind of glazed look in your eye, like blah, 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 like Homer. Yeah. You perceive <laughs> so, uh, that? Very so perceptive. Calder won, and uh, you will be getting your own Sick and Wrong Care Package. People can go vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Uh, Wackerly, I don't know who started last week, but why don't you kick off episode 131 here with your fine story? Uh, my story comes out of Indonesia, Jakarta. Uh, Jakarta. Is everybody Muslim over there? I can't remember. Dude, they're miscellaneous. Yeah, they're, they have all just kinds file of them under miscellaneous. Uh, Ahmad Siraji, who's 57, was killed by firing squad late Thursday in Western Indonesia, despite a last-minute appeal by Amnesty International. Uh, everybody knows who that is. Uh, it's a group that opposes capital punishment in all cases. <laughs> in all cases. So Amnesty International is against capital punishment across the board. Yeah, if we had Bin Laden and we were going to execute him, they would they would try and save his life. So what if we had a one bald dictator with a flatulence problem? All cases. <laughs> and we found he was living in Argentina. Yeah. And uh, we exported them to Israel. Yeah, they just make trouble for everybody, basically. But Indonesia does Fucking kill hippies. a lot of people. Yeah, and they also not only are they into capital punishment, they're also very into corporal punishment. I kind of like the barbaric punishment of the firing range, even though that is the way I'd like to go. Yeah, so you know everybody's wondering what, uh, why, what, what does justify killing a man over there, and and what's stealing someone's chicken? What kind of what kind of person would Amnesty International go so far as to go and try and save? Well, this guy was arrested in May 1997 following the discovery of a body in a field close to his house in Lubuk Pakan, a village in North Sumatra province. Dude, I can't wait to hear your Indonesian accent. I don't know if I'm doing it today. I don't even know if I have any quotes, so don't, don't get your hopes up. Uh, so they found one corpse buried in the ground, and then they slowly found 41 other corpses nearby. Jesus, he's prolific. Yeah, um... They say that he lured them to the field and buried them up to the waist. Uh, and actually, I should go back a little bit. <laughs> Apparently, he has supernatural powers, or so people thought. Uh, so wait, he magically he's magically these girls delicious into the ground. <laughs> well, they would come to him to try and like you know he supposedly could make them you know have good fortune in in love, money. They could get rich. They could get that job that they wanted. There. Okay, Maybe so they're mother-in-law would keel over. They're superstitious folk. They'd go to this guy. He was like a swami or whatever the hell you would call him in Indonesia, and he'd like expecting him to kill some chickens and throw the fucking entrails all over their face. And I do want something. a bigger Seven Eleven. Yes, <laughs> I want a better, faster slurpy machine. <laughs> um, Get into the hole. So yeah, they would come over, and he would say, "Well, I'm going to bury you up to your waist." I don't um, see how that would help. And they're all—it's all women. Uh, he would tell them that it was part of the ritual. You know, he's not going to reveal the whole thing to you or explain it to you. He's a magic man. Uh, but after he got them buried up to the waist, he would strangle them and bury their bodies with their heads pointed towards his house. 
Um, okay, so apparently there's not a whole Indian... lot of upper body strength amongst <laughs> the women of Indonesia because they couldn't fend themselves off. He'd bury them to their waist and just kind of come over and, and just choke, strangle them. Choke the shit out of them. And then would he just dig the hole a little deeper? Or would he just leave them sticking like with half their torso out of the hole? No, no, I imagine house. he dug a different hole, then pulled them out and put them in the other hole. Okay, all right. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? Fuck, what was it called? It's the movie with uh, Rory Calhoun where he's like... Motel Hell, I think it's called. It's got... Uh... Is this like a movie from like 1945? No, it's from like 1979 through 84 or something. It's got John Ratzenberger, the guy who was in Cheers, actually the main writer of Cheers. Anyways, it's Norm? About a... No, the, the mailman guy. Oh, the mailman guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's about this farmer, and it's kind of a typical horror story who like makes chili out of people. Oh, Almost okay. exactly like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's a different movie. At one point, uh, Rory Calhoun, who's like a, a is an actor from the twenties, uh, very w- strangely cast in that movie. He does bury uh, John Ratzenberger and his two friends up to their necks, and then like uh, chokes them. Yeah, he he puts nooses around their necks, and then his uh, daughter or niece or something drives the tractor that the ropes are connected to, and they choke him. They're also uh, he also gives them LSD beforehand. <laughs> What's this movie called? Motel Hell? I think it's called Motel Hell, but I'll confirm that and I'll post the real name. All right, I'm pretty sure it's called Motel out. Hell. Um, and how does it apply to this story? Well, because they were buried <laughs> up to their necks and choked, and that's what this guy did. But I, I don't think he gave these girls LSD. I don't think they had a There was no tractor involved. Yeah. Um, I lost my place after that Motel Hell digression. Um he okay well so why was he doing this right so this guy Ahmad Siraji he believed that this he did this over eleven years he believed the eleven year killing spree would boost his magical powers so it's a little bit ironic so he was usurping or he thought he was growing his own magical powers right so he did really did have magical powers and these girls were coming to him for his magical powers but then they would murder him so his magical powers would get, would be greater. They never really say if he ever used his magical powers for good for anybody. What, but what I don't understand is what were his magical powers? Like, why did they think that this guy had magical powers? Because he convinced them to get in a hole? Yeah, I don't. It's a little circular. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't understand <laughs> what's magical about this guy. Um, Apparently, he's very persuasive. Yeah. Persuasive man? I, so, I don't know. So they shot him to death for the firing squad. And uh, media reports that authorities were forced to cancel the plan to bury his body in a public cemetery because up to 100 relatives of his victims were waiting there planning to disrupt the funeral. (laughs) Sort of like the Reverend Phelps guys. I imagine there's like a lot of instances of mob mentality in Indonesia. Isn't it mob rule over there? Like if they're upset about something, you go and like urinate on a picture of Allah, they'll like just kind of band together and burn down your... Yeah, that, yeah, that happens quite often. I mean, the government tries to keep a keep a lid on it, but I don't think they do. There's so many people. That, yeah, like they they'll do burn down job. your hut or something yeah. like that. And Muslims are always ready at the drop of a hat to like start chucking rocks at anything. Yeah, they're very, stoning, very people. vitriolic, people. stoning people. They're, so, they're they're rocking around in a nightshirt all the time. I mean, so what, I wonder what, where they keep all the rocks. What's the solution? <laughs> <laughs> what's the solution to the quandary here? Like, where what are they going to do with his body? Oh, I, 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 that's a good question. I guess they're going to chuck it in the ocean or burn it up or, or bury it in some private like pet cemetery or yeah, something. A pet cemetery or something? Yeah. I don't know. They don't say. 
So, but he's dead now. Amnesty International failed. What? What is Amnesty? Do they so Amnesty International? They're like your government. You're the government of Indonesia. You're like this guy killed 42 people. We're going to execute him as is part of our national law. And then Amnesty International comes over and they're like, "We really think you shouldn't do that." And then Indonesia's like, "Fuck off." And they, well, I mean, who who doesn't tell Amnesty International to fuck off? I mean, they're not affiliated with any country, are they? No. I mean, well, it's, they're it's UK, an UK based, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, no, I think that it's like their whole bearing. reason for being is that they get told to fu- get <laughs> get told to fuck off all the time. I mean, I imagine like every dictator, you know, like Sudan was just like, yeah, here's my finger, you can have that. I <laughs> mean, spin Amnesty. International. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's go like, go make another ad with a little what, one burning candle. <laughs> what do they accomplish? Nothing. Yeah, and that's pointless. the that's like their that's circular in itself. That's their proof for like we need to exist because the world sucks so bad. Like, well, if you were doing your job, the world wouldn't <laughs> suck so bad. So you know what the fuck is your purpose? Useless. So on the sick and wrong star scale, guy did kill forty two women. Yeah, and uh, in a strange manner. Yeah, the, the, why would you bury them up to their neck? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Why wouldn't because you, you know they're like scratching at your eyes and shit. Yeah, but why wouldn't they, he bury them up to their neck and they kick their heads like a soccer ball? That's, that's <laughs> a good point. That's I, I just don't get it. But I mean, the fact that he killed forty-two women, I'm going to give it four stars. Yeah, I would also like to have seen like uh, you know the Native American thing where like he, the fire ant treatment. Oh yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that. Like a Jakarta Indonesian like cobra or something like or something or scorpions like that. Yeah. or something. I'll give it four stars. Well, so my story doesn't have to do with sorcerers or Indonesia in any way. My uh, story actually has to do with Cobb County, Georgia. So I had never, you know, to be, to, what's weird about this, I had never actually, I don't know if we missed this crime or if we just kind of glossed over it and chose like an even more sick and wrong story at the time. But apparently this, Wait, this is, is a recap of another story. Is that what you're saying? No, but this is a story that that. So the guy was recently was just found guilty of a murder that happened a couple of years ago, which I'm surprised we wouldn't have had, found this murder. OK, so guilty verdict in uh, Cobb mother's son murder. Cobb County jurors found Lawrence Rice guilty of the murders of Connie and Ethan Mincher, which uh, happened, I guess, in 2006. <laughs> Prosecutors said Rice beat the mother and 14-year-old son to get back at Trevor Mincher. Would you quit laughing at the guy's surname? (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing at Trevor and Mincher. Mincher. Uh, So, yeah, he beat the mother and 14-year-old son to get back at Trevor Mincher, who's the father here, Connie's husband, and Ethan's father. Police said Rice had a longtime grudge against Trevor, dating back to when Rice had worked for a video store owned by Trevor. Can we get some more sissy name, sissy guy names in this family? <laughs> Ethan, Ethan, yeah, but come even back the, to dinner, Ethan. But even the murderer is named Lawrence. Jesus Christ, he probably went by Larry or Lair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apparently, uh, the murderer here had worked at the video store owned by Trevor. Prosecutors said uh, Rice, Lawrence Rice, quit in a rage when he found out a new hire was making more money than he was. <laughs> <laughs> like, and apparently he's like, video, I'm out of the video store. a video store in Cobb County, Georgia. Like he was making like four fifty, and the other guy was making four sixty. Four sixty five. Yeah. He found out about that fifteen cents like difference there. Yeah. He's I like, weren't too happy about that. When I God heard about damn it. you! I'm gonna kill you and your family. <laughs> 
During the trial, jurors heard police audio tapes in which Rice admitted being in the house of the uh, victims, but said he didn't kill them. Connie Mincher and her 14-year-old son, Ethan, were beaten to death in their home in, uh, a- on, a- on April 17, 2006. Marley Mincher, who was 12 at the time, the daughter here, testified that she found her mother and brother when she came home from school that day. Ethan was on the floor face down with a rug over his head. Later, she found her mother in a bedroom with her hands wrapped in duct tape behind her back. Her head was wrapped in blankets. She claims there was blood everywhere. Connie Mitchell was beaten so badly that her skull was caved in. Her teenage son was also beaten badly. But if you notice this, who's missing? Trevor Mincher, the father. Trevor. The guy who owned the video store. Yeah, the source of Lawrence Rice's discontent. The guy died three years earlier in uh, 2003 of cancer. So he had died of cancer, but yet... So the guy's arch nemesis died of cancer, but yet he still enacted revenge on the family. Right, because, you know, that guy dying of cancer, that's not satisfaction for him. Yeah, but don't, don't you think if... Okay, all right, you're pissed His at His demons your are still raging. But you're pissed at your boss for firing you or quitting because he's giving an extra 15 cents to Daryl. Yeah, I know. I want to know what the cumulative like amount that this other guy got, you know, in dollars more than this dude that tipped tripped this off. But wouldn't you be like, okay, so you got fired. Years later, you're like, oh well, the asshole died of cancer. Yeah. Okay, well he got his comeuppance here. Uh, Thirty three dollars a know, week that I yeah. he owed me. <laughs> I'm so pissed. But this guy kept to his vendetta. Even though his arch nemesis died, he didn't give up. Yeah, he well, enacted revenge on the family. It was like an Armenian blood feud. Yeah, he obviously doesn't have ADHD or anything. No, no, no. He was focused on one thing here. <laughs> I think he almost says OCD. Right. But what I'm wondering, well, what I'm wondering, I wonder if he's Armenian because have you ever read about these Armenian blood feuds? Uh, only what I've seen on the Shield, <laughs> dude. In in Armenia. Where I don't Is it like the Hatfields and the McCoys are just angry for like generations? Let's say you accidentally kill, you know, Hagalupa Lakalam or whatever his name is. That sounds like his, an Armenian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to say an Armenian. Let's say you kill this Armenian's brother. Uh huh. And uh, accidentally, whatever, the family will call a feud on you. You like even back an ox outlawed. over him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your horse and buggy accidentally run him over because you You spill hot goulash on his face <laughs> and he burns to death. Well, the family will call a feud on you. Your, your only haven is your home. So if you come out of your home, you're fair game. But if you're in your home, then I, you know, you're untouchable. So there's kids, like families, will have like sons that will never leave the home. Basically, they're uneducated because they can't leave the house. Because once they do, family members of the feud, uh-huh. of, of, we'll the murder, of the victim, will come out and murder them. So this guy might have been Armenian. I mean, who would hold a vendetta this long? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I just still can't get over the fact that it was over like 33 bucks a week. <laughs> At a video store. You know, which brings me to my next point. What if, uh, I mean, what would have happened eventually when they didn't have video stores anymore? I and know. DVDs took over. Yeah. And then Netflix took over. So is this well, guy Well, Netflix going... is the thing that would, uh, is really going to put this guy in business. He's, he's got a gun for the Netflix CEO. So board that's of what directors. I wonder. Like, why would he take it on the guy that owns the video store? Why wouldn't he just go for the Netflix CEO? Yeah, because those are the real criminals in this story. If he ever gets out again, it's Netflix. <laughs> I wonder how big this video store was. You know what I love are those, like, especially in the Midwest, you get this a lot, those video stores that have, like, one rack <laughs> with, like, 20 videos on it. 
or it's like combination gas station video store. Yeah, yeah, or or, or liquor store video store. But you know, there's a <laughs> don't if you're under eighteen, do not look at the bottom ra- row of the rack because that's where the porns are. You know, in Michigan, uh, we went to a video store that was up the street from my dad's house. <laughs> that's and, uh, exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, we went to this like small video store that was up the street from my dad's house. They actually had a porno room. You know those room with like the western style doors, the saloon style doors. You go yeah, in dude, there. No, there's a porno st- or there's a video store like five blocks from here. We can walk right over there. It has, has a porno, porno room. room. It's a, actually that, a, a porno bookstore. No, no, it's a video store. It's a video zone. That's there's a plug. They oh, got right God. in the back corner. There's a curtain, and back there's the porn. But you can look through the slats of the normal video rack and like see the porns back there. We well, you know a lot of the kids these days don't remember jerking off to you know the days before the internet. But do you recall being like, okay, getting the balls to go to the family video store, sneak through the Western saloon style doors, select the porno. And then kind of casually glance to see if you knew anybody out in the crowd. You finally gain the nerve to go up and pay for the video at the cash register, and you see it's some chick you went to high school with. How often no. did that ever happen? Never. I couldn't do that right now. Oh, dude, it happened to me twice. I just always same had... Same girl. I just always had those porns where you like didn't even remember where it came from. It was like <laughs> passed from friend to friend for eons, and it was usually like tw- 20 years old. You but, know? dude, didn't you have the hunger, the thirst for like a new porno? Didn't it get old? Because you probably kept that thing for like six years. Right. Well, that's why you try and like pass them around, and hopefully there was like enough of a black market that you get a new one. So you can go find a new one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I know. mean, if I would have just put that much effort into actually trying to get a girlfriend, I probably wouldn't have uh, <laughs> wouldn't have needed it. But. but I got laid much earlier. Right. Junior high. Uh, closing arguments in the trial here were dramatic. At one point, the district attorney wielded a hatchet to demonstrate how the victims died. That had been kind of cool to see. Prosecutors relied heavily on the killer's own words during the trial. Police had found a 138-page manifesto titled Culture Shock on his old computer. The All manif- about how this other guy made like 15 cents more than him? Yes, and about how he was going to enact revenge. <laughs> was the guy Jewish? No, he was a black guy. Oh, wait, you mean wait, the, the guy, guy that owned the company? No, I think his name is Trevor Mincher. That's not. A no, I'm more thinking of the guy that was making more than him. Oh, they don't actually go and say they don't state how much more money the employee was. But making. it sounds like one of those uh, Illuminati obsessed people that also become obsessed with like the Zionist conspiracy. You know that because how else could you how else could you maintain this level of focus unless you had like other crazy ideas behind your main? I don't crazy think this idea. guy had the mental acumen to ponder the Zionist conspiracy. I think he was a few rungs lower. Well, you're. you're I mean, you're. You're assuming that those conspiracy theorists are smart? No, but I'm saying I don't think Lawrence Rice, who worked for four fifty an hour at the fucking family video store, knew what a Zionist is. Those are no, those are the people. Those are the people who become obsessed Dude, with this stuff. Especially this guy they was get like a about newsletter. Cents. The Zionist yeah, right. conspiracy. You're probably right. The Zionist conspiracy. I'm looking into like- it too, too much. <laughs> I just think I, I just set your sights a little bit lower. I think this dude, but but in my perception, those people are pretty goddamn low. Yeah, definitely. I know I, I agree with you there, but I just don't think Lawrence Rice here, who wrote Culture Shock, the 138 page manifesto about his growing hatred of Trevor Mincher, had <laughs> anything what was, to do with a Zionist conspiracy. But that's what I'm saying. If it's 130 pages, I mean, it's got to go into some detail about something. I would, dude. I searched and searched the internet trying to find the Culture Shock manifesto. Couldn't, I would, I would, find it. I would bet you fifty dollars if it's found. It start. It goes off on like 
other conspiracy theories that are probably connected to Trevor Minger. <laughs> but I would, I'll bet you 50 bucks. So there's something Minger? in there about like, uh, you know, the Illuminati, uh, the Zionist conspiracy, UFOs, or like Morgulon's disease. <laughs> Morgulon's disease? Which one's that? That's for another show. If I okay. start talking about that, will never end. <laughs> so this manifesto, Culture Shock, described in detail his growing hatred of Trevor Minter for a long-ago lost job and his desire for revenge. Assistant District Attorney here, Henry Thompson, read an excerpt from the manifesto in court that said, quote-unquote, the Mincher family is finished. The well, word Marley's fin- still around. <laughs> <laughs> the word finished was typed in capital letters. I think that was the climactic end of this manifesto novel here. Okay. He didn't get <laughs> um, Marley, though. It's a death penalty case. Jurors will begin deliberate, deliberating between life and death for Rice on uh, um, this week. I'm sure Amnesty International will show up at the last <laughs> minute and everyone will be you like, gotta save him. you guys again, fuck off. So on the sick and wrong star scale, okay, two people were brutally bludgeoned to death. Nothing all that that out of the ordinary here in Sick and Wrong. But the fact that the guy held this vendetta long past the his you know, focal point for revenge died and took it out on his family, that's what makes this sick and wrong to me. And I'm giving it four point five. That's way too high. I do think it's funny. And I would love to hear the prosecutors trying to prove motive. What about the hatchet? (laughs) It was fifteen cents an hour. (laughs) Uh but I'm only gonna give it three point five. They refuse to carry space balls the movie anymore. <laughs> I'd kill somebody for that. You're giving it 3.5? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll see what the audience has to say about that one. Our listener submission of the week uh, comes from a guy named Pig's Eye. He says, here's one for you. Priest gets fruit basket with fetus and cheese spread bottle. Don't they carry fetus cheese spread at Whole Foods? I'm surprised they don't. I think they do. Yeah, they probably do. Pig fetus. A man of the cloth and his family got the shock of their lives Monday morning after finding a four-month-old fetus hidden in a basket of fruit. Apparently, this is in uh, Manila, the Philippines. I don't know if this is, you know, that uncommon over there. Uh, Monsignor Jerry Santos had just celebrated Mass at the Quiapo Church in Manila when he received a basket of fruits from an unknown donor. After the Mass... um, he bought the fruits to his parents' home because it was their regular lunch, and his parents' house helper showed it to him. It was inside a bottle of Cheese Whiz. Maybe it was like four months old. <laughs> you mean maybe it spontaneously grew in there? Dude, I didn't even know they had Cheese Whiz in the Philippines. And uh, second of all, dude, uh, Cheese Whiz is not a spread. <laughs> it's, it's a liquid. It's a liquid goo. Yeah, I don't know. In Manila, maybe that's what passes for Cheese for cheese spread, but cheese whiz is its own thing. Yeah, because you could, if you can squeeze it out of the bottle, it's not a spread. You can't. It it won't stay on a cracker if you put it on a cracker. It's gonna spill all over the edges of the cracker. Dude, it kind of looks like festering pus. I don't. Yeah. But you know what I wonder? <laughs> it's kind of like festering pus from a Simpsons character. <laughs> but yeah, okay, I, get, you, I know what you're getting at. Do you think that uh, the cheese whiz? Was still in the bottle with the fetus. I have the same question. I don't think so. I, but as do you think I read, if you squeeze it out of the top. Do you think both would come out? Making cheese a whiz doesn't come pate? in a cheese whiz doesn't come in a squeeze bottle. It comes I in a it jar. Came in a squeeze bottle. No, nowadays. it's a jar. Maybe, maybe nowadays. Yeah, I mean, maybe the last time I ate cheese whiz was like twenty years ago. <laughs> but uh, I think, as I read the article, I think the che- I think the cheese whiz jar was completely cleaned out, and the fetus was placed in was there. put in the jar. Right. 
With a rosary, apparently. Is that, that takes that some too. forethought. Santos said the aborted baby's hand and feet were already formed. He said a rosary was also placed inside the yeah. cheese spread bottle, which was hidden in a pile of apples and bananas. So if you ask me, this is almost entering into the realm of art. Not following you. Dude, think about it. He had a rosary with a fetus and the cheese whiz bottle and the, the apples and the bananas. All. It almost sounds like a sculpture. Yeah, but only this guy saw it, so no, I'm not buying that. I'm thinking a curse. A curse? I think you curse. That's <laughs> how so you curse somebody in uh, Was Manila. Was your aborted fetus? Yeah, and get them to eat all the fruits in the basket and then and be like, oh, I'm going to put this cheese whiz on some fucking crap. Oh, well, we already did Establish it doesn't get what do you put cheese whiz on? I, I do not know. Aborted in a taco? fetuses, apparently. In a taco, <laughs> but dude, how could the hands and feet already be formed? But what's the body? Just a pile of goo, four months. Yeah, it's like a it looks like a you know, lizard or something. <laughs> I have to get me one of those. He said his family wasn't able to continue eating lunch after the shocking discovery. Yeah, his parents were very disturbed it. and traumatized by the experience after recovering from the trauma. He said his family immediately brought back the fetus to the church and then blessed the aborted fetus. Yeah. Catholics. Catholics. What are you um, going to do? The unwelcome delivery here came as the church celebrated their 40th anniversary of humane vitae, which is the Latin word that means of human life. Um, Santos said the abortion or killing of an unborn baby is really an abominable crime. No one has the right to take away the life of another person. Right, but that that whole fucking position completely crumbles when you also hear that the Catholic Church is totally against contraception. Yeah, I so don't understand. So you can't be against contraception <laughs> and against abortion. Like, I mean, what's your problem? Well, what one or the what, other? What about I mean, overpopulation? Do you not understand? What 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 part of you know maybe families in Manila, poor ass Manila, shouldn't have fourteen kids? What part of that don't you get? Well, what I don't get about it is, I mean, what are they not supposed to have sex? Apparently, unless you want to, unless you want a kid, because you can never use a condom and you can never abort the kid. But you know, they're the not thing- spo- if you don't want that many kids, you're supposed to not. I just, I think Catholics want there to be tons of poor people because it, like, that's what fills up their the pews. They're populists. They're the people that actually believe. They're into they, that. They, they, yeah, they, they want the world to be like to- totally overcrowded with tons of poor people. That's their yeah. ideal. I mean, you have the damned. It's like they'll believe anything you tell them. Right. But I mean, what I don't understand, didn't God symbolically abort Jesus? <laughs> Late term? <laughs> In the, how, many tri- how many trimesters is 33 years? It was a few. Uh, he said, uh, Santos here said the shocking incident shows that the church needs to highlight its pro-life stand. He said the church should have an undying campaign to educate people, especially women, about the importance of life. I think what he should have done, instead of giving this uh, fetus in the fruit basket here, I think it would have been much more effective if they just drove by and whipped it out the window on the corner of the church. <laughs> I think they should have put Cheese whiz, fetus, blood all over, just kind of mixed up in this uh, like mixture. I think they should have mishmash. dressed it up as one of those idols that they sort of carry around the town in South America. <laughs> With a little Pope hat on it. So on the sick and wrong star scale, uh, I guess it is kind of disgusting to uh, receive a fetus in a cheese whiz bottle. I wouldn't mind seeing how it came to be like in the bottle. Like, do you well, think she just kind of put the bottle inside her 
vagina or do you think they aborted <laughs> the fetus and just shoved it in there? I, I just don't know how to, they do that in the Philippines. I think it's a miracle and you shouldn't even <laughs> contemplate it. Yeah, exactly, dude. I mean, what if this was just like, uh, you know, some kind of divine Maybe in a basket here? like Moses. Exactly. But not fully formed. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they sort of imply this, but they don't really make the case. Is this somebody who's protesting the Catholic Church's position on abortion? or they, They're implying that, but they really don't make that. Yeah, they, don't, know, really, they don't really make it very clear as to whether or not this person is a protester or Whoever if this person it, is yeah. a, represent, you know, is I don't a know. supporter. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. So on the sick and wrong star scale, I'm going to give this 3.75. Four. I'll never eat cheese whiz again. <laughs> People, we invite First of all, you would you eat fruit in a basket that you just, just showed up on your doorstep? Oh, wow, fruit from an anonymous person. I guess I'll have a banana. I, I find that kind of strange, too. Yeah, right. I don't know. I mean, just like, but I guess the guy... Because even if it doesn't have a, an aborted fetus in it, or even if it doesn't have but pubes and jizz all over it... <laughs> Like, I don't know if this person washed their hands before they handled the fruit. But he's a priest, though. He's used to devotions and charity and things like that. From people you know, not just that shows up on your doorstep. Yeah, exactly. An unknown donor. Yeah. Dude, I wouldn't even accept food from you. Well, that's fair enough. (laughs) People invite you to vote. Sickerongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 131 here. Ring, ring, ring. Banana phone. Ring, 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 ring. Banana phone. Are you drunk? Are you horny? Call the Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846. Ring, 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 banana phone. Ring, 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 banana phone. Well, actually, we're nearing the end of the show here, and as usual, we tend to get to listener email and phone calls to the Sick and Wrong Hotline, which you can call at 206-666-3846. we got a lot of emails the past two weeks and a few phone calls, so uh, let's get to the first phone call here. All right. This is from our Tenderloin reporter. Oh, the Tenderloin kid. What's up, good news? Hey, so I was on Polk Street the other day, crossing uh, on Eddie, get on the Larkin to my favorite corner store. Yeah, I had a little weed and a painkiller, maybe. And I had a couple beers at the house, and I figured, you know, it's two, I should probably go get some more beer. Walk out across the street, and this crazy, crackhead black lady runs out of my little corner store. God, that never I'm happens. I'm going motherfucking window! <laughs> so I'm standing there, half like, what the fuck is going on? Sure enough, she breaks in the entire storefront window with a fucking milk crate. Crackheads get super offended when a liquor store owner, like, kicks them out. Because they obviously don't have any money. They're just in there to, like, fuck shit up or steal stuff. That's usually when I see fights at a liquor store. It's because yeah. a crackhead comes in there. And what's funny is it's because most of the liquor store owners are, like, Middle Eastern descent. Or Asian. Or Asian. And they're just staring at them the whole time, watching them with, like, hawk eyes. Which you have to. I mean, being white and owning a liquor store, if there's a crackhead in there, you that's what you have to do. Well, I don't... because they're about to steal something. Right. So obviously this crackhead was uh, spoiled, <clears throat> was foiled in her scheme right. to steal no, and something. Then they pull, and then they always pull the, like, you know, you don't like black people, blah, blah, blah. I've Did seen you, it a million times. I like the tenderloin kid's uh, <clears throat> impression of a crackhead. <laughs> yeah, the voice. Okay. That's yeah, really high-pitched. <laughs> Yes, you do. All the 
she smashed the fucking window. Right? What do you want from me? Black lady. Uh, I, I don't know why he just didn't bring everybody to jail. Just get to this. Like, fuck this. Everybody's going to jail. Everybody's going to jail. Let <laughs> <laughs> I assume when he says everybody should have gone to jail, he's not talking about himself. No, I think he was talking. Yeah, I assume all he's, the crackheads. Up but the block. I mean, but the the crackheads hang out in groups and packs. Yeah. So you know, there's probably like two of them in there working as a team. They're kind of like raptors. <laughs> no, but they they seriously they work as a raptors? team. Raptors? <laughs> you mean like hawks? No, like you know those bird dinosaur things in Jurassic Park. They work. Velociraptor. In Velociraptors. <laughs> yeah, Velociraptors. On crack. On crack. Okay. Here's a. Call number two. This is a fo- I should probably preface this. This is a follow up to a previous phone call from Fozzie Bear talking about a gay escort service that he used to work at. Oh, that was a couple weeks ago, episode one twenty nine. Yeah. This isn't Fozzie Bear, but they have similar voices, which threw me off. Hey, this is Bob Madigan from Sick or None. Just it's kidding. Bob Madigan. It's Gary from Minnesota. What's up? <laughs> hey, I was listening to your last show. I forgot which one it was. Sounded like a for a second. That, in that talks about the gay escort service. And I'd like to verify that Chuck Palahniuk is the author he was talking about that's gay. So, um, the writer of Fight Club. And, uh, yeah, he mentioned in, I think, uh, Rolling Stone or Entertainment uh, Weekly about three years ago, there's a rumor that he was gay. So he just came out on the magazine and said, yeah, I'm gay, so what? Hmm. And I've read all his books. Showed up to the interview with buttless chaps. But then again, he talks a lot about <laughs> ass-fucking and transvestites and the Pink monsters. You find out, I'm going to ruin the whole book for everyone, that you actually find out that she's a drag queen, not a dude. I don't think that even made any sense. But it was Chuck Palahniuk is gay. So that was it. Oh, and uh, if you guys like Chuck Palahniuk, the movie Choke, one of the, the first book I read by Palahniuk, a very good book about sexual addiction, is coming out in September. It's going to be a B movie. So one of his books is coming out. And also Survivors in the Works. It was supposed to come out years ago, but 9-11 stopped the production of that one because it had to do with the plane crashing. And uh, also Invisible Monsters is in the works. And I think uh, Lullaby or Diary, one of the two, but uh, go to chuckpalahniuk.net. You can find out more about his movie projects. So anyways, Chuck Palahniuk, is gay, but he's a great writer. You're anyways, gay. So. Thanks for clearing <laughs> that up there, Gary from Minnesota. Although, you know, I'd never heard that Chuck Palahniuk was gay. I guess I don't really know that much about Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah, no, neither do I. Although, thank you, Gary, for ruining the end of Invisible Monsters, which I am currently reading right now. It kind of sounds like he ripped that off from The Crying Game. Well, I don't know if it's in in the book though. If Which you, was also ripped off from M Butterfly. Well, have you ever heard of the book? Have you read Invisible Monsters? It's like no. basically this uh, this deformed supermodel. She gets de- she gets deformed by being Are shot there in the spaceships face. and robots in it? No, then I haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but now that I know the ending, that she's a tranny, that just totally ruins it for me. I'm not even going to bother reading it anymore. It's actually kind of a good read, though. Yeah. No, I like it. I read Choke, uh, and that was good. Are you going to see the movie? I watched the trailer. It looks kind of boring. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, not, Dude, not how every... How say sex addiction is boring? Not every good book, and even... I'll even go so far as to say ev- not every good, like, modern, you know, culture book is 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 uh, good fodder for a movie. Like, so that, that saying- book's all about his internal dialogue about, like, all of his fucking hang-ups. And so watching that externally is not the same as reading reading his thoughts. Are you saying it doesn't translate well to film? 
I don't know. I just saw the trailer, and I'll probably see it. It's probably good, but I'm just saying. I don't know who's directing, and I'm going to have to watch the trailer myself. But I, I, I like the book. I bet you it might be. It's sex addiction. Who finds that boring? One thing I like about Chuck Palahniuk uh, is that I read this somewhere. I don't know if it's once a year or, or once every couple. It's got to be every couple of years. He'll take like a month and do nothing but answer his fan mail. Like, personally, will write people letters back. I heard he mails, like, weird, like, uh, uh, bric-a-brac and stuff like that to people. Yeah, it makes me want to write him a letter, but I don't yeah. know what the hell I'd say. No, no, I have a lot of respect for that guy. Thank you, uh, Gary from Minnesota, for calling in that little tidbit of information. People, call the Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846. We're always eager to hear what you have to say here. Um, some listener email there, Wackerly. We got some some comments here about the last show. Cabin Fever, who always, uh, I'm always... And when you say last show, are you talking about the last show I was on or your interview with Bob? No, episode 129, so right. it's a couple weeks ago. But Cabin Fever always has interesting things to say here. Said it was tough for her to decide which story to vote for. She'd like to give the vote to the baby brothel. Uh, if it's, she'd liked, I'd like to give the vote to the baby brothel, too, if it's not against the rules, but she actually voted for the listener. She says, thanks for the link to the feeder site. Fascinating. Lance, you mentioned something about foie gras. Here's a link for you. And it's uh, dimensionsmagazine.com slash weightroom slash stories. So Dimensions Magazine, I guess, is a feeder magazine. Right. Like we mentioned website. it, I think, on the And show. so there's erotic feeder stories about uh, foie gras. Apparently. <laughs> and she says, and yes, of course, there are people who fetishize anorexia. Silly man. People fetishize fucking everything these days. Check it out. www.absoluteskinny.com. You know, I went to the website. It's vile. It's seriously. Yeah, it's vile. I'm going to have to say that I'm not going to be going there. Dude, I mean, these girls, you can see the bones sticking. You can see their ribs. Yeah. The skin just kind of like stretched. Uh -huh. <laughs> we just oh, I want to fuck me some of that. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, it should just be called. Why, why, I know. Well, that's what I was going to say. Why, why Why wouldn't I just go to some like World War II fucking footage site? <laughs> just spanking it. Yeah. Can you imagine oh, if your parents yeah. caught you jacking off to that? Well, my parents, my dad's not a rabbi, so it wouldn't be as bad as <laughs> from maybe your dad. Be, dude, it still <laughs> would be bad. If, if like your dad walked down and was just like. What are you doing, son? <laughs> oh, checking out the Holocaust porn. <laughs> it's not even Holocaust porn. <laughs> no, it's just Holocaust footage. <laughs> He'd be like, my son's a skinhead. Yeah. No. Uh, my, she, my Cambodia tape is coming next week. <laughs> <laughs> she says, although there are weirder sites out there, I found this one while playing one of my favorite internet games. Type fetish into Google and then put the first word that comes into your mind before it. Hmm, huh. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Behold the snot sneezing cold fetish. Sneezefetishforum.org slash forums. Really? <laughs> she makes a comment about the sick and wrong forum. She says, I signed up and I'm a lurker. I'm not fearful of making a fool of myself because I do that on a daily basis. I fear commitment in capitals. Now, there are some pretty dedicated fans on your forum, dude, and I don't have the time or energy to post that much. Later, cabin fever. Yeah, but yep. that's exactly why we want people to post because those guys have completely saturated the forum. Yeah, but you know, I actually not that I hold it against those guys. I'm glad they post a lot. I'm but it'd be nice by to, that that it, level of commitment. It'd be nice to just have some like disparity of viewpoints. You know, you know, we've recently had a few more people sign up that have been leaving some, you know, some new comments. So Fozzie Bear posts a lot, which is good because he's yeah. got a lot of funny stuff. And he's kind of a new guy, so it, it's nice. People go check. It's nice out to have the, so many American posts. Also. People go check out God, dude. I never knew yet you're such a xenophobe. Huh? 
I never knew you were such a xenophobe. I didn't. I said it's nice to have an American. <laughs> I didn't say I hate all these other foreigners. I mean, they all speak English. That's good. Jesus, dude, you probably did have a good time on Fourth of July. Saying, <laughs> Fuck the English, man. I rented a monster truck with an American flag painted on it, and I ran over foreign guards. Fucking Oakland Tea Party at Wackerly's house. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's right. going on over there. That's right, <laughs> nationalist. Um, but yeah, people go check out the Sigarong Forum. There's a lot of interesting uh, stuff on there. You know, what I, what I like about it is I like the variety of videos that are posted in the general section. Have you noticed that? No. Dude, there's a video about this <laughs> retarded incestuous union. It was like, seriously, two retards going at it. I don't know where the person found it. Yeah? But uh, yeah, I watched the whole thing. I need to look there for videos more often. There's some sections that I don't go into. I usually go to like general chat and then, obviously, if somebody writes something about me, I always read yeah. that. I, I, That's I do, about it. <laughs> I do appreciate you posting the picture of me looking like uh, my arch nemesis, Vincent Gallo. Well, you do look like it. Yeah, that, that was great. <laughs> People, go check out the uh, Sick and Wrong forum. You can link to it right off the main page, sickandwrongpodcast.com. We got an email here from Michael who says, here's an update on a story you guys did a long time ago. Elderly women get life in L.A. insurance killings. Remember, Wackerly, you did this story? I do remember, <clears> but that's like, that was like episode 30. And it was a or long maybe time earlier. ago. It might have been even like before 10. It was amazing how long it took to get to trial. Right. So uh, these two elderly women in uh, Los Angeles were sentenced to life in prison without parole. Which for... is like two years because yeah. they're fucking old as dirt. <laughs> Dude, they're 77 and 75. I guess they were murdering indigent men to collect life insurance policies taken out in their lives. Yeah. Uh, believe Anything it or not, interesting involved in the in the verdict, other than they're in there for life. Believe it or not, they actually collected more than two point eight million dollars before the scheme was uncovered. How much of that money goes back, and where does it go back? I mean, indigent people don't have next of kin usually. Does it just go to the state, dude? How much of a life insurance policy can you take off on a homeless person? Pretty big one, apparently. Yeah, I, I wonder how many homeless guys that is. Uh, the judge here denounced the women, saying the men they killed needed just food, water, and shelter, and the, the thought that the women were going to help them. They were sacrificed on their altar of greed. If you ask me, I think these women should get a public service award. Seriously, dude, how many homeless people they knock off? Right, but they, I mean, they don't deserve the money, though. <laughs> No, they shouldn't get <laughs> the money. Knock off but homeless people just go out and do it like a vigilante. Yeah, they, they shouldn't get the money, but I'm saying you might. They, I'd give them a medal. Speaking I mean, of Gavin what, Newsom, should hire some more senior citizens like this. Yeah. At least they're industrious, not just sitting there watching Matlock. But didn't they like gave them apartments and stuff and booze? Right, that's how they sort of got them, and then ran enro- over them with their car. I think that's how they convinced the insurance companies to enroll them. Is by making well something. making them not homeless people anymore. So your question about how much insurance money you can get for a homeless person is moot because that they made them not homeless for like a couple of months. Do you think the booze, just I mean the years, just cumulative years of drinking alcohol, would make a seventy-seven-year-old pussy look appealing? Well, I kind of assume these homeless people were pretty old, so yes. <laughs> I mean, she spreads her withered gash, and you think she was just like, okay, you know, right, give me some more vodka. Enough, <laughs> enough. Uh, thank you for derail this line of thinking. update in there. Uh, we got another update here from Jeff G. He says, "Here's a follow up to the Wisconsin corpse militia story you guys did a while back." God, Madison, that's, that's fucking. Where are these people just finding the show? No, but you know what's interesting? I guess about the articles it? are just coming. The article out, right? just came yeah. out this week. All right, so, so Ma- these are the three guys who the the. 
prom queen or something cheerleader gets killed on a motorcycle. She was like a nursing assistant, they dug her, but close enough. They dug her up. I thought she was a prom queen or something. I don't know. She possibly was, but uh, she was a nursing assistant at the time of her death. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin law now bans sex with dead bodies. The state Supreme Court bad. ruled on Wednesday in reinstating charges against the three men accused of digging up a corpse to have sex with. Uh, the court weighed into the case after lower court judges ruled nothing in the state law ban necrophilia. Well, not anymore, the court ruled in a 5-2 decision. Now Wisconsin is now in line with 20 other states who prohibit necrophilia or abuse of a corpse. And the worst part about it, those dudes are now going to be charged again. I thought that was crimes. illegal, double jeopardy. That's what I thought, too. But uh, I, I, I don't know. Apparently yeah, well, not. fuck them. So uh, if you want to go have sex with a dead body, don't go to Wisconsin. Uh, also sent in here by Cam. Uh, Cam sent an article here about a, a man spent $1,000 a week on beer. He quotes, see, no fucking fosters. I told you. <laughs> I guess in uh, Sydney, Australia. An Australian, so this is an Australian guy. Yeah, okay, Sydney gotcha. guy here. An Australian man convicted of his seventh drunk driving charge was spending about $1,000 a week on beer. Enough to buy more than 2,500 small bottles a month. Can you fathom that? So that's about, I figured this out, and I probably did the math wrong, but that's like 80 bottles a day or something, 85 to 90 2,500 small bottles a month. Yeah, but that who cares about month? A day, because I know how much I can drink in a day, and it's not 80. 80 beers in a day, dude. I think he's throwing <laughs> parties for like uh, the neighborhood kids. I, you know, I have no 24, idea. 24? I've heard How can it, you consume that many beers? I've heard, I've heard 24 being done, like the whole 24 beers in a case challenge that you was just... it was this fat bastard from the austin powers movies i mean seriously this guy must have been huge or the only other thing i could think is that he's one of those people remember in college when you'd have huge parties with really cheap beer and then the next day you would get up and have to clean all that shit up and there'd be all these beers with like one sip out of them that's oh, so left you're, around because they're super stoned yeah he wasn't drinking the he wasn't really beer. drinking them but that doesn't sound right either could be I don't, I don't know. The judge here poked fun at his favorite beer, Melbourne Bitter, in a part of the country where drinkers can be as loyal to beer brands as they are to football teams. Right. That is poor judgment on two counts there, drinking that much and drinking Melbourne Bitter. I bet you the judge was a Fosters fan. <laughs> Seriously. If the guy had been drinking that many Fosters, you'd have been like, all right, mate. Well, good day. Think good about show. The, think about the local, local Melbourne Bitter distributor. I mean, he's taking a big hit. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, that got... That like a quarter his, of his business. That paid his kid's college fund. Right. Seriously. It sucks. All right. Well, people, you can email sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. And uh, yeah, we're always so eager to hear what you got to say. Uh, thanks for all the votes on iTunes and Podcast Alley recently. I don't know if you noticed that, but we've been getting a lot more comments these days. On, on iTunes? iTunes? Yeah. Oh, yeah like we're in the mid-30s now. So uh, people, keep voting for us on iTunes or leaving comments. We appreciate that. And, uh, soon Steve Jobs will not be able to ignore us. We'll yeah, be I know. on the front page. Yeah, soon we'll be on the front page of iTunes. Finally here, I got a last email. It's the Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. comes from Mark. He says, got a submission for Sick and Wrong Music of the Week. I may have suggested this before, but I don't think I sent an MP3. Can't remember how I found this guy, but I think it might have been when I saw a self-promo post while checking out musicians on Craigslist. MySpace.com slash fartclops. The band's called Fart Clops. And this dude, seriously, dude, I checked out this guy's music. Amazing. And by band, you mean one guy <laughs> with a computer? One dude with a computer farting into a microphone. He, makes, he basically makes electronic music. He makes beats with his own flatulence. If Use, Hitler but, had done this, but he's using... they wouldn't have killed Jews. 
<laughs> but he's using a synthesizer. You know, the one ball right? DJ. <laughs> I just wonder how pure. I wonder how pure this guy's artistic uh, merit is. I Dude, mean, check out the song I'm going to play at the end of this podcast. I will. The, the song's but I, called but, Project Six. But I just wonder if it's like one fart that he's manipulated with his synthesizer and then you know put into a song, or if he's actually doing multiple farts with different pitches and tones. I think what he probably did is he farted for probably half an hour, different tones, maybe positioned himself differently, and then sampled these farts, ran right. them through like different processors. But I mean, seriously, it's amazing. He has like bass sounding farts. He has like you know treble sounding farts. He has He's got like a bass line going through there. Yeah. He could have gotten some of the farts from hi hats. They could be sampled farts from other sources too. Like blazing saddles. (laughs) It could be. But this guy is pretty amazing. So go check it out. Myspace.com slash fartclops. We'll we'll, uh, link to it off the main page. Uh, Mark writes here, I wonder how much he paid for his mic and how often he has to clean it. I highly doubt the guy's farting into a bare ass, but who knows? He might be. Well, no, dude. It's just like these mics. They've got a little foam thing on it, and you can just buy another one and throw this one in the laundry. <laughs> you know what I was doing to your mic the other day? <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> so, dude, I emailed Farklops, and he said that we could use his music uh, for the show. He likes Sick and Wrong. He actually got permission. <laughs> yeah, I got permission from Farclops to use his music in the show. That's So good. I propose a new contest here amongst our more musically inclined listeners. Prepare a new Farclops intro or sweeper for Sick and Wrong. Using Farclops' music. Yeah. And so, then put some like introductory material. Or whatever. Say like, you know, this is Sick and Wrong with Farclops in the background playing. Yeah, I don't right. know. Go to, go to Everybody MySpace. understood it before I did. Okay. Go to myspace.com slash farclops. There's probably about 15 songs you can use. And I know we have some people out there that are quite creative. So we'll have some fabulous prizes. Everyone can vote off the uh, forum page or on our website. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get a new uh, promo or sweeper we can Let, use. Let's vote in one spot because it gets confusing when there's vote. Just, just in the, Let's make a forum post. With the all vote. right, we'll make a forum post with all the songs. Right. You can go then that will force there. people to join the forum. And we'll have some fabulous prizes. Yeah. People, uh, stay tuned next week. We'll be back with episode 132. Until then, take it sleazy and enjoy Fart Clops. <laughs>